this is Zell Todd Wood. I'm coming to you from Tel, from Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, we have a, a little change of plans tonight. Uh, we were going to do a live complete show, but uh, things are getting a little sporty here in Tel Aviv. We're under a, a fairly constant barrage of missile fire. Um, so I did do a pre-tape earlier today on what our mission is here, and I'm going to play that here in a second. But uh, Mr. Producer, we just had a missile attack like two minutes ago. Can you run that tape, please? You can see the Iron Dome taking these projectiles down. So that was just a few minutes ago. Um, we're just waiting on the next one. It's been pretty steady. So I'm going to go ahead and play because I may have to go to the bomb shelter. So I'm going to go ahead and play the pre-tape. Mr. Producer, run that and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Hello and welcome to our first live broadcast from Tel Aviv, Israel. CDM has had a long history of getting on the ground and reporting what we see with our own eyes, as opposed to just reporting what we read elsewhere in the news. We have a long history of this. We were involved in the Middle East. We were way involved in Ukraine, way early, Central Asia, uh, all over hotspots around the world. So we're doing it again. We're going to be here in Israel for at least 10 days. Uh, we're going to go up to the north. We're going to go to the south. We've had reporters here for about a decade, so we know people were very connected in Israel. And we're going to bring you the truth as to what's happening in this war. We've got meetings lined up all week with the IDF, with other government officials and intellectuals in Israel. And I, I think you're going to enjoy this. So we're going to do like we did in Ukraine during the invasion. We're going to do live broadcasts every day at certain times. And uh, we're going to try to do two a day here. And just some thoughts. Um, by the way, we are, if you see right here, that's the flag of the... Chinese embassy. So we're right close to, uh, and actually everything is being probably sucked up electronically as we're speaking, but uh, hey, they, they can know what we're talking about. Uh, just some thoughts on the trip. Uh, the security over here was very tight for El Al Airlines uh, at uh, the airport in the U.S. as well as uh, on the ground here in Israel, of course. Uh, there's pictures everywhere for the hostages. I mean, that is a huge deal here. Bring them home. The sign you see everywhere is never again is now. And uh, this really reminds me of the push after 9-11. Uh, really, the um, energy in the country is very much to deal with those who have harmed uh, the nation. And they're doing that in, in Gaza as we speak. Um, and so we're going to just bring you straight reporting. No opinion on this one, just straight reporting what we're seeing on the ground and in country. There was a lot of Israeli men at the airport when we arrived in Tel Aviv uh, with their duffel bags, uh, you know, military issues. So a lot of men traveling from around the nation coming or around the world coming back to Israel to serve in the armed forces, most likely. Uh, and the airline, Elal, uh, was very worried about the info war. They asked a lot of questions about our media company, what type of coverage we would be providing. So I think the information war is very big on their minds and because a lot of people have said they're losing the info war worldwide with all these gaza protests so uh, that is very much in focus here is how the world perceives the jewish state and again the, the slogan you see everywhere here is never again is now and we've got pictures of that which will show israelis uh tel aviv is really not much different except a lot of things are closed the museums are closed the cafe sh coffee shops at the airport are closed but everything is really, really the same. Uh, we were very much involved here in 2014 during the first Gaza war. We're gonna play that here in a second as to the rocketing that we experienced. Um, 
while we were covering that right outside of Gaza. So just to give you a little uh, you know, fact, factual envelope around our experience in the region and our coverage here. But Israelis are, are moving on with their life. Uh, they're enjoying life. There's a lot of happiness and laughter on the streets. It's not, um, it, it, you know, you, if you just were parachuted in here, you wouldn't realize that there's a major war going on very close to here. Uh, but I guess the cities are always young and vibrant, uh, and that's definitely the same here. I was told that you'll be seeing a lot of interceptions, which means missiles coming this way uh, over this area, um, especially at night. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for that. We have been covering uh, an art teacher, one of our reporters, Ella, Ella Rosenberg, down in Ashkelon. Uh, she teaches an art class and her students there. We've been covering her for some time. So we were very experienced, as I mentioned, being rocketed in, out in, in Sderot in Ashkelon region and covering her story of teaching art as that village in 2014 was taking 2,500 rockets a year. And those two places were right in more the brunt of a lot of the attacks on October 7th. So October 7th here is really like 9-11. And that's kind of a, a good comparison. I think the energy feels very much the same of, uh, you know, getting revenge, if you will, against Hamas for what happened you know, how the war started and all that is another issue, which we'll talk about in depth over time at CDM. Uh, but we want to bring you really from the ground what's going on this week and give you an idea of maybe what you're not seeing from other people. So with that, I'm going to run a clip that we did uh, 2014 where we were rocketed in Sderot. So you can kind of get the context of where we're coming from in Israel. And uh, we'll be back later in the day and we're going to try to do twice a day while we're here. And again, a long list of meetings we have, and we'll bring you some really good insight direct from Israel. You're not going to get what you get here anywhere else, to be honest. So stay tuned. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management 
a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big proud American Eagle logo. Uh, again, this is a little sporty here tonight. So we're going to go to an interview I did with Rachel Ehrenfeld earlier this week. She is with the Center for American Democracy. Uh, she's a dual Israeli citizen. She's very informed on Soros uh, interaction in the United States and in Israel and on Hamas and terror. She's a terror expert witness. And I think it's a great interview. Um, so Tomorrow, we will be back with two interviews. I'll let you know when, but I'll be back after this interview and, and we'll talk briefly again. Here is Rachel. Welcome back to Information Operation. We've got a unique guest with us today. Rachel Ehrenfeld is an, a terrorism expert, an academic, and a dual Israeli citizen, and she knows a lot about what's happening in Gaza and with Soros influence. Welcome, Rachel. Uh, thanks for having me. So you have a unique perspective as to why this is happening in Israel and why it's happening in the U.S., tell us what that is, and really around the world. Uh, the uh, Hamas uh, war or radical Islamic war, uh, um, orchestrated by uh, Iran and others, um, that is going on in Israel, or the attack on, on October seven, and the attacks ever since. They've shelled Israel now with ten thousand uh, rockets. Uh, in a month, uh, and uh, many of them have been uh, intercepted, but not all. And uh, uh, there is also, of course, shelling from Hezbollah um, and supposedly some Hamas and other Palestinian terrorists in, from the north, from Lebanon, from Syria. And uh, Israel is fighting. Israel is fighting for uh, for the life. Uh, for, for its existence and the life of all its citizens, including Arab uh, Israelis. And um, uh, to liberate, uh, to liberate uh, uh, citizens or innocent uh, or civilians that um, have not been part of Hamas uh, in, in Gaza, uh, but suffered uh, for, dec for decades now under Hamas, um, and uh, this this has been the most barbaric um, attack on not only on civilians on human beings by monsters uh, that has been recorded I think in in history uh, we don't have any records on uh, on on um, terrorists that uh, even ISIS that has um, that have uh, four um, uh, babies from their mother's womb, pregnant women, uh, killed uh, killed the babies, shot the babies several times, beheaded them, and then killed the mother. Uh, sometimes even raping the the. Uh, they, they have done horrendous things, and there are videos. Um, of which they are recorded actually to be able to um, 
boast about it, uh, which they sent around, and they are also sent around to torment uh, the families and, and the Israelis in general. Uh, do, you th do you think this was done to, to engender some specific type of response? What, what was yes. the goal? The goal was the goal is was and is uh, to uh, kill all the Jews, uh, all the Israelis, all the Jews that live in uh, in Israel, mm -hmm. and to uh, to be able to conquer the territory free of Jews, free of free of Christians, free of anybody who lives in the territory who is not a member of Hamas or that Hamas does not approve. Um, and uh, this was really sent also, it, it was a very strong message and they promised that they will do it again and again and again if they are not stopped. So yeah, it is, it is essential for really the Western world to stop them. For the United States, for Europeans, for everybody uh, who doesn't want to see similar things happening in their, in their countries. Uh, and judging by the thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that went marching on the streets uh, in support of Hamas, in, su in support of Hamas activities, should be a very, very alarming um, message to all governments uh, where this is happening in, in, in England, in, in uh, in France, uh, in Sweden, in the United States, in every state, um, and elsewhere, in Spain, um, because uh, they will be next. Uh, once they, if they get what they want, uh, they will be actually going on. It's like ISIS, and ISIS is still active, and, and they publish an Al-Qaeda uh, magazines, etc., that this is the goal to uh, to actually conquer all the world. And uh, Iran is leading the charge now, where Iran, the Shiite, actually. Uh, and um, Saudi Arabia should, uh, should do whatever they can in order to stop this, because uh, if Iran is successful and these barbarics are, will be able to do more damage and more carnage in other countries as well, um and if if they god forbid um uh can do it again in israel uh saudis will lose their their position as the leading uh muslim islamic country in the world um so uh they should let me ask you this there's states as well there so to, you raise a lot of points first i want to know your thoughts on why there was an intelligence failure and two, talk to us about who's behind all these demonstrations globally. You think it's yeah. Soros, correct? Well, Soros is part of it. Soros is not uh, uh, Soros. Soros has been funding groups here in the United States. Uh, he spent apparently now, the latest figure is like $15 million or $30 million on uh, organizations that are uh, pro-Hamas, uh, anti-Israeli, anti-American, uh woke and and muslim organizations also that are against israel pro hamas etc uh he's been funding them uh for not only he didn't start it yesterday or october 7 he actually has been doing it for a long time and not only here but also in israel 
and in uh, Gaza and in the Palestinian territories. Uh, he's been doing it uh, directly and indirectly. A major, um, if you want to call it, um, clearing house for, for uh, funds from Soros and others to these groups has been uh, the Tides Foundation. And there is another one, another group, Arabella, um, uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, these are big packs, and they uh, they then they receive millions of dollars from Soros or from the Rockefeller Brothers Fund or others who are supporting uh, these these um, nefarious groups, and uh, they then divide the money according to instructions they receive from the donors. So we know we know we know most of who these people are, but. In, look, on, on October 10th, uh, Khaled Mash'al uh, issued um, a request uh, for all the Muslim Ummah, uh, all the Muslims in the world actually, to go on jihad. And he, he even said that, uh, so, and to go to the street to demonstrate. And this is the jihad time for the Ummah, he claimed, uh, he, he, he announced. And in addition, he said that uh, he called also for those who cannot participate in the jihad or walk in the, or, or demonstrate in the streets uh, to give in kind, to do financial jihad, meaning give money. So that has not been widely, uh, that has not been widely advertised. Actually, hardly anybody uh, wrote about uh, the second part of his request. And uh, so I wonder how much money has been collected from all those who are marching in the streets, uh, in the mosques, in the Islamic centers, in other places where they got together to organize these events. And uh, where did the money go? Uh, anybody paying attention? Uh, I think that all law enforcement uh, agencies should pay attention to the people who are demonstrating on the streets because this was one request from uh, Khaled Mash'al. And people, well, many people heeded his, uh, his request. Uh, how many, the same people and even more since uh, would heed his next, request, his next request, which may be, okay, so now go and attack because we are infidel. I mean, everybody here is an infidel if, if they are not adhering to uh, Hamas radical uh, Islamist uh, Sharia um, um, Sharia laws, etc. So uh, this is very important. This is a national security threat to the United States, and we don't know actually. In addition to these people that we saw on the streets everywhere, we don't know how many of the illegal migrants that arrived here, more than eight million, uh, and what about two two million gotaways. Uh, we don't know how many of them came from uh, Islamic countries, Muslim countries, and how many uh, would heed the next request. So this is a dangerous, uh, this is a dangerous situation. Um, I I completely agree that the Sharia uh, supremacists are are on the march. But before we move on to Iran, because I want to talk about Iran, talk to us about the intelligence failure in Israel and what do you think is going to happen because because of it. I think there will be, well, many things are changing already. 
have been changing already since the attack. Uh, the IDF apparently has adopted uh, different modus operandi. They are, uh, and, and the, the general motive is, uh, the, the aim is really not only to uh, uh, hit badly Hamas so that they will leave Israel, in a, they won't be able to attack it for another three or four or five years. Uh, the goal is really to um, destroy Hamas completely and uh, really um, send them, I mean, kill as many as possible uh, and destroy their infrastructure, destroy uh, their weapons uh, um, uh, everywhere, um, and also. Um, and also destroy the government structure. So yesterday there were pictures of Israeli soldiers with an Israeli flag at the uh, Hamas parliament. I saw that, yeah. And then they also uh, had another picture, I don't know if you saw that, in the main police station uh, uh, that Hamas uh, had used, uh, like their own, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, um, NKVD headquarters, if you want intelligence. Uh, so, but they still have uh, to clean up the, um, what is it, uh, 300 uh, miles of, uh, of, uh, of underground tunnels, uh, which some of them are as big as, as the subway, uh, subways in New York uh, or elsewhere. So they have still a lot of work and they are doing it very uh, methodically carefully uh, because uh, they know that there are also hostages uh, that Hamas is hiding there. So they don't right. want really to hurt them. They want to, if any of the hostages are still alive, uh, they want to bring them out. And if not, they want to bring out the bodies. So, so there, there's reports there's reports in Russian TV that today that uh, there's allegedly a ceasefire being agreed to for five days. Uh, and I, a hostage exchange. Have you heard this? No, I haven't heard this, and I don't think that Israel would agree to uh, uh, to do any kind of ceasefire, as they have repeatedly said, unless all the hostages are released. Period. So they have um, at least two hundred and thirty-nine hostages, including Americans, including Italians, including French, including. Ties into including Philippines, you name it, uh, and unless all of them are not uh, released or their bodies, if they died, uh, Israel will not uh, will not have a ceasefire. They cannot. It's not that the government would uh, uh, back off and say, "Okay, so let's go, let's do it." It's it's a condition. It's it's really a condition that they have to fulfill. Uh, because that's what they swore to do, and that's what they promised to the public, and I don't think that anybody in Israel will tolerate less than that. So, so let's move on to Iran. There are reports like Laura Loomer is reporting that uh, there may be some intelligence uh, that did not purposely get transferred to Israel from the United States due to Iranian influence in the Biden administration. Uh, talk to us about Iran. What are your thoughts on their involvement I, I wouldn't in this be whole thing? I wouldn't be surprised because people who are, are responsible for analyzing such information and, and uh, moving it up the chain uh, at the Defense Department are 
we know they are Iranian agents. They are still on the job. So yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. And there are, we know that the State Department, there are many who are um, pro-Islamist, uh, pro, pro-Iran. Uh, they are still, uh, they have been there before, uh, before Obama came in, but many of them came with Obama and stayed there. And unfortunately, right. Trump didn't uh, fire all of them. So, uh, but but that's the situation. And uh, whoever, hopefully, hopefully the next president, who will not be Biden, and not a Democrat, will be able to uh, to really clean up uh, all government agencies. But um, Iran has been Iran has been cuddled. Iran has been funded actually um, indirectly by the United States, but also directly. We have to remember that uh, Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, as he identified himself in Cairo in his uh, first apology uh, tour, uh, uh, said uh, had given them um, $1.8 billion in cash uh, in cash, untraceable. Where did the money go? Well, Kerry, I have really to um, um, to to uh, praise Kerry for having either the or being mindless or 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 for some reason actually told the truth that uh, well he knew that some of the money he was asked. He said, well, of course, some of the money will go to fund terrorism. We know that. Okay, but some of the money was not only the $1.8 billion in cash, uh, which was transferred from the United States in the middle of the night, arrived in the middle of the night in Zurich airport, uh, in, in planes uh, to give to the Iranians. I don't know what happened with the money. Would be very interesting to find out who got it. Uh, but uh, who among uh, the different uh, governments, uh, officials that were involved also got the money, uh, not only Hezbollah and the Houthis and Hamas, etc. But um, the, there was also, what, $650 billion that were made available to them. Um, and uh, I mean, this has been really uh, horrendous. So there were some divs. They, they were still not allowed to be on uh, uh, on the uh, um, to, to deal with internationally to trade internationally but uh, the Biden administration when the Biden administration came on, came in they decided to relax the sanctions so Iran was able to sell oil uh, worth between 70 to hundred billion dollars to China and other, uh, other products, uh, and we, and in addition, they also received some humanitarian aid uh, from the United States because, well, they had problems and they had some, uh, I don't know, earthquakes, and and they wanted some uh, sport clubs, sports club for youth. Uh, so I mean, all kind of really stupid excuses, but they received a lot of money. I've written about it actually uh, several times. Um, I don't think anybody had paid attention to that. That was kind of uh, pocket money, right? Right. So tell us about the Center for American Democracy and your work there. 
the Center, uh, the American Center for Democracy and Economic Warfare Institute focuses on issues that are important to the national security of the United States and and uh, Western world and and Israel, and uh, it includes um, uh, political Islam, uh, radical Islam, terrorism, uh, money laundering terrorism, financing, narco-terrorism, uh, weapons of mass effect, which is really propaganda, disinformation, and, uh, and economic warfare. Economic warfare actually uh, is a word that affects everything because it's not only for trade and for businesses, it's also for example, lawfare. If uh, if you write something and somebody doesn't like what you write, they can go and sue you. Now, if they are Iranian or or uh, funded by Soros or funded by um, uh, by other Islamist organization or other NGO, uh, they can actually they can last forever. They have a lot of money to do that. Uh, you as an individual, uh, even as a small business owner, you, you cannot afford it. You don't have the money to do it. So that's the, the, the one who has the money, I mean, calls the tune, right? And this right. is, really, this is and, and we call it lawfare because they are suing for, uh, for everything and for anything. And that's a tool that the Islamists and uh, uh, a big representative of them in courts has been care um the uh, uh muslim brotherhood uh, branch in the united states uh suing for anything so uh this is why you have now pamela harris uh response uh, her, her new role as uh, the counter islamophobia um zarina uh, and i think that that would yeah. be probably her most successful role because she is certainly against islamophobia she didn't say anything about anti-Semitism. <laughs> there is yeah. a tremendous rise of anti-Semitism in the United States, and she's and she and the administration are worried about Muslims who are marching on the streets, who are who are defacing uh, uh, Jewish businesses, who are defacing the White House, uh, and nothing about that. So uh, yeah, we live in a very um, unfortunately the forces of evil seems to be. Running, there are not too many of them, but they are right. very vocal. They are very vocal, and they right. are not being. They are not, nobody's trying to uh, to silence them, which is uh, which is very worrisome. So, Rachel, as this situation develops in Israel, yeah. we'll have you back on. But tell us where people can follow you, social media, etc. It's the American Center for Democracy, acdemocracy.org, and. People can go and uh, buy my latest book uh, about the Soros agenda. Uh, it's on Amazon and uh, also detail, more details on the website, acdemocracy.org. Thank you, Rachel. We'll have you back. Thank you Take for care. having me. Um, we're going to have multiple shows uh, a day, probably two a day. We're going to try to do them at certain times here, probably around 12 o'clock uh, in one earlier in the day when it's daylight, depending on how the next couple of weeks go. We'll be on the ground here live in Israel. And uh, hope you enjoyed that interview with Rachel. She's quite knowledgeable on the whole terror situation. One thing before we go, uh, we don't know when the next crisis is coming. 
here in Israel, they've had crisis after crisis. In America, I can guarantee you it's going to happen. We just don't know when. So make sure you protect your family. Get your emergency medical kit from the wellness company, twc.health.cdm. If you use promo code CDM, you'll get a 10% discount. But uh, this helps support our reporting around the world. Um, they've been a very good sponsor, and we want to support them back. So twc.health.cdm. Get what you're going to need because when CVS closes down during the next crisis or in your 15-minute city and you have, you're sick and you need something, you're going to be, need to basically treat your family. So use promo code CDM for a 10% discount. With that, we will see you tomorrow uh, and we'll make it very plain as to when. Thank you.